a playlist original. Hey guys, I'm Steven. I'm Giselle. And we are the Lover's Passport, and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered Adventures, where we kind of break down all the raw moments on adventures, backpacking trips, road trips, camping, and today... We have some we have some good mishaps for you. <laughs> this has been accumulated over the past two years of road tripping and adventures. We have one backpacking mishap, one travel mishap, and one road trip mishap. We're gonna be kind of breaking down and just telling you some funny stories. That was one of our number one requested things on our Instagram that we got for from you guys was just asking, hey, can you tell us the three moments where everything went wrong or three things that are always going wrong. So you guys are in for a treat today. So let's start with our backpacking mishap because that one that one was all me, basically. Uh, <laughs> I take full responsibility for that trip. It was, what was it, 2020? I think it was 2020. If you guys didn't know, Giselle does most of the trip planning behind the scenes. She's probably the most type A person I've ever met when He's it comes. He's also type A. Come but on. I mean, when it comes to list making, research, like when I do research, it's like fine. I love doing it. But when G does it, she has these methods of finding different off the beaten path areas, best areas for road trips. She makes spreadsheets, packing lists, everything on Excel that you can think of she uses for road trips. So we usually leave most of the trip planet up to her and 99.9% of the time goes fantastic. This Except is for this one time. <laughs> this is the, I'm still ashamed about this trip. So essentially, it was the beginning of backpacking season, and we were looking for some trips that we hadn't done before that were still like a moderate getting back into shape kind of thing, because this was right after the first round of COVID restrictions had lifted. And I found this trip called Kennedy Meadows. And we were supposed to hike to a reservoir. It was called the Relief Reservoir from, I don't even know where it started. It was somewhere in, I think it's called the Stranislaus National Forest up north, kind of by Yosemite. I did not know that it was in that area, by the way. It was, it just said it was in the Sierra. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I find all this trail data. I get a permit for Kennedy Meadows, which is what I thought the permit was. This is one of the, one thing that you have to know about backpacking before she continues to get into it is you have to get permits in order to go backpacking most of the time. Like to climb Mount Whitney, you can't just wake up and be like, you know what, today I'm going to go climb the mount, tallest mountain in the lower 48. Most of the time you have to get permits. There's a huge permit system. There's a wait list normally. Depends on the and trail though. This was during COVID, so you couldn't just get walk-on permits everything was online so when we were looking for what backpacking trip we could do it's kind of last minute we didn't plan months in advance which you usually have to do in order to be online right at 7 a.m when the permits get released and then you can get the ones that you want to hopefully so this was one of those last minute areas where you didn't need to reserve online so Giselle was like yo let's just do Kennedy Meadows it was kind of on the whim, we both wanted to get out on a backpacking trip, and she saw that you didn't need permits. It was one of the only spots you could drive no, up. No, no. You could just reserve it online, but you there needed were tons a permit. Of spots. You needed a permit, but there were unlimited permits. So, like, you wouldn't 
need to fight someone for a permit, you know? Exactly. Because so, most places will limit it to around 20, 20 people per day per trail is what most places do. So having unlimited permits, this is huge. That's one of the big reasons that we wanted to go. Well, yeah. And basically how I found this trip was I went on the like Inyo National Forest and like Sequoia and Kings Canyon areas because those are the closest wilderness areas that we like to backpack around probably like three hours away from us. And I went through and I saw all the available permits for that weekend and I narrowed it down, found an itinerary and was like, all right, cool. We're good to go. I got a permit. I have the trail data and we packed up the car and headed out one weekend. And we this was the first time too, we were actually shooting content for a brand, I remember. We we were working with Coleman and we thought that was the coolest thing because we had maybe like, what, 2,000 followers? And so we, we set out, got to our uh, campsite right at the trailhead, or so I thought, uh, <laughs> at Friday night. And we took some shots for Coleman. We saw the Milky Way, had a campfire. It was a great night. No complaints there. Yeah, we were amped because neither of us had done a backpacking trip in a few weeks. So we were super excited to finally get back out there. And we were like, we packed all of our stuff. We did the research. Giselle had all of their things printed out about the trail data. Got like my permit ready to go. It was, yeah, it was good. Next morning, we wake up, pack up the backpack, like load up the car. We start walking over to the trailhead. We find the trailhead. And I'm like, all right, this says Kennedy Meadows. And she, she was like... This this doesn't match the trail data. Like, and this I was doesn't like, feel right. It says the PCT, and I was like, we're not doing the, like I. It could have overlapped a little bit in terms of because the PCT, if you don't know, goes from Canada to Mexico. It's it's huge, and so we've we've done portions of the PCT overlapping on some other trails before. Same thing with the JMT. They're just very long trails. And I was like, oh, okay. But it didn't mention anything about the PCT in the trail data I'd got. And, and there was, we were supposed to pass a reservoir right before we found the parking and before we went into the area. I had full confidence in G. I he, was like, no, <laughs> this is definitely the trail. She's like, I don't know. He I was want, about to start I hiking. Want, and I was like, like, no. <laughs> I want to make sure this trail. And I'm like, no, come on. This is Kennedy Meadows. We went to the same area. Like, there's no possible way that anything went wrong. She's like, but... It says they're supposed to be reservoir. I was like 80% doubting here. I was like, no, we're going to be fine. Just let's just go hiking. I'm ready to go backpacking. We made it all the way out here. And G was I put like, my foot ah. down. I said no. <laughs> so finally we turn around and we start hiking back out. So we walk to the car and we're like, you know what? Let's go find someone to talk to. Let's just ask them if we're in the right area. Maybe we're at a trailhead and the actual trailhead is one or a mile over north or south. So we start driving. But once again, like G said, this is sunrise. This is like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. We started no one's during awake summer. Yet. <laughs> there's no gas station stores open. This is a this is an empty place. Like there's nothing up there. There's not a city. It's not a popular trailhead. I think we saw maybe five other people there, but they weren't backpacking. They were all just camping. Or fishing. Yeah. So yeah. we woke up that next day and we were driving around in circles like, yo, when is everyone going to open up finally? I just stood in front of a car. Do you remember the car? He waved, was... or he was sticking his he hand out the window, like waving frantically in this guy. And we were just stopped in the middle of the street. Like no one was, there was no car coming. It was a last resort. It was almost like we were hitchhiking, but we were inside the car. So this guy pulls over and I'm like, hey, is this Kennedy Meadows? And he was like, yeah. And then we were like, do you know if there's a reservoir around here? And he looks and he's like, um no no reservoir and There's i was no like reservoirs for miles and we we're like oh god we're and it had spot. a specific <laughs> name and we were like what what is the what is the name of it or like what do you know where this exact reservoir and he's like 
I think that's up north. I don't I don't think that's around here. There's no reservoirs, no, no anything. We didn't have cell reception either, so we couldn't look at it. All we had was this trail data that I printed out, so we were so confused. And we were looking at, like, the road data and, like, what roads are called what and what freeways and highways. I think we were up there for probably an hour and a half trying to figure out looking like what idiots. was going on. Finally, we're like, you know what? Let's just drive down to Signal. If worse comes to worst, we'll drive back up here, find the correct trailhead, and start hiking. So we start driving down. It's like 30 minutes until we get back to the 395, finally get Signal, and G Googles it. <laughs> I felt like such an idiot, you guys. Well, okay. We, we do have to say they're both called Kennedy Meadows, and the if you, exact okay. same name. And if you put in Kennedy Meadows on Google Maps, there are two options that come up, and... I realized, I was like, oh no, there's two different Kennedy Meadows in the same mountain range. What the hell is this? So, yeah, and it was funny because the Kennedy Meadows that we went to was maybe two and a half hours from us. Like, we it like wasn't stoked. very far. Yeah. It was a great, it was the beginning of the Eastern Sierra. And the actual Kennedy Meadows that G had all of the trail data for it was, like six, was hours se- six or seven hours hours up north we were like bro we can't just drive up there because we did have yeah. we had permits for no, that no, no. i had a permit i was right on the permit i had the correct <laughs> permit for where we ended up at kennedy meadows near lone pine but i had the trail data for the kennedy meadows up in up near yosemite so that's why yeah it was it, just it was so so funny and i felt so stupid we wasted an entire morning at least we had like a nice campfire before but the the whole trail we didn't end up going backpacking so we kind of just were like, what do we do you know, all day? I think this trip actually turned into like <laughs> a, a trip, great, though. great trip. Instead of doing that, Kennedy Meadows, rest in peace. And it's quite funny because it's, if you've ever driven the from Southern California up the 395 north towards like Lone Pine, Mammoth, if you're outdoorsy, I'm sure you've been up there in California. But you drive by Kennedy Meadows every single time. And so every time of, we pass it now, it's like, oh, Kennedy Meadows. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a funny thing. There, We always see two streets and we make fun of them. One is called Bacchus. I don't know why. I just think it's a fun word to say, Bacchus, when we're driving up. And then the second one is called Kennedy Meadows, like we were talking about. So it's just a fun reminder. Every time we drive that by that street, up. we're like, hey, G, do you want to go do Kennedy Meadows? I haven't <laughs> messed up trail data, for the record, since that trip. Like, that was the one time I've ever messed up. But- I mean, I wonder if there's anywhere else in the U.S. that it's the same mountain range, the same, same state, the same vicinity, same exact name. It was an honest mistake. five hours apart. But like, yeah, it <laughs> kind of ruined our backpacking trip that day. But we were only about two hours from Bishop, which is like an hour past Lone Pine. So we found some new uh, hiking trails that we hadn't done before. So we went up to Treasure Lakes, which was really beautiful. We made a day out of it. Yeah, because we still had to shoot content for, yeah, Coleman. for Coleman. So we still went up there, did a hike, shot their cooler backpack. That was really fun. And then... G was like trying to so trying bad. to redeem herself. She's like, okay, I gotta find a way to make this up. I I really didn't care. I was like, you know what? I'm stoked to be out here. It was kind of a funny moment to laugh about. But as soon as we finished that, she was like, why don't we do Big Pine North Fork? And guys, if you have not heard of Big Pine North Fork, just hit Google right now. Go it's look it up. It's one of those popular trails in the Sierras it it, because it looks like. It looks like the Canadian Rockies where it has beautiful turquoise water and these jagged peaks. I would almost compare it to the Dolomites as well. It's like it just a little bit rugged looking and it or has Patagonia. blue water just like 
just like Canada, like Giselle was saying. And basically, we had done this. We had done that trail before as an overnighter and loved it. And we have never been able to score permits since. So I was like, well, you don't need a permit for a day trip. So we could just hike up there starting at like 3 a.m., get up there for sunrise, which I hate waking up that early. But uh, and and so we we decided to do that and just send it. It so. was a crazy idea. We I think we drove up to the trailhead and we went to bed by like 7.30 or 8 p.m. But then... We woke up at 2 a.m. and we had to start hiking because it was still a six. I think it was six miles. Yeah, up, it was six a six and back. a high, six and a half mile hike in, but it was only like what 1,500 or 2,000 no, feet of it's elevation. 20, it's 2,500 feet. Yeah, so it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a super bad hike, and we made it, it is, there. Though it's a bad hike if you start it in the middle of the day. It is so exposed. It kind of reminds me of the Trans Catalina Trail a little bit, where there is no shade at all the entire trail, which is why. We decided to do it so early, but anyways, we we got there in time for sunrise, and it was absolutely beautiful. We were also shooting for Kuju Coffee. This is literally our first content trip ever, now that I think about it, because that was our first sponsorship. So yeah, we were, pre- we were pretty stoked, because we were like taking photos for the gram for the first time. And- yeah, so this backpacking trip was like really, really important, but... It ended up being... We made it work. Yeah, we, we ended up having a great time. Those photos are still some of our favorite photos ever. I'm sure that you've seen them. We've used them in a ton of different reels on our YouTube. It used to be our introduction. And on TikTok, we've definitely done a lot of before and after. So anyway, that is the story. That, one. that is yeah. number one. Probably it's our first... mess up. Big, yeah, first big, big mess up on our way out to go backpacking. And the next one actually brings us to Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe (laughs) is one of the most beautiful places in all of California. If you guys have not heard of it, you have to add it to your bucket list. G and I have only been there one time together, but that that one trip is one of our most viral videos, one of our favorite pictures ever. It was just a great, great time, but it was also one of our most expensive mess ups. I'm not gonna say it was our expensive mess up. <laughs> this the first one was all me. This one was more of a Steven mishap kind of we, trip. We've both had our bad moments, but so first off, let's brief it with we live down here in Southern California. It so takes Lake Tahoe is nine what, hours. It was a nine hour drive. So we didn't do it all in one sitting. I think we got off work on it was a three day weekend. Friday. It was Labor yeah. Day or Memorial, it was Memorial Day. Yeah. It was Memorial Day weekend. So it was gonna be busy, but we left on a super, super late evening, drove all the way out there. By the time we stopped and went to sleep because we got so tired, I think it was eleven PM. Woke up the next morning at 4 a.m., kept driving. kept driving, got there right at around 7 a.m. so we could get a parking spot over at... San Harbor. Yeah, in yeah. San Harbor, which if you have ever been to Lake Tahoe, it gets extremely busy in the morning. So Especially have... on a three-day holiday weekend, guys. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, we get there, and this was another big sponsored collab for us. We were working with Body Glove, which we were... No, 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 we weren't shooting Body Glove. We just had it. We shot Body Glove the in Channel kayak? Islands. Yeah, this was just for funsies. Was this afterwards? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, this we were super, super excited. We were shooting Premier Protein and a couple other, mm-hmm. uh, a couple other jobs up there. But anyway, we brought our huge tandem kayak slash paddleboard up there. One of our favorite things to bring on adventures. So we roll it out. We're setting it up, and first things first, I lost my keys. 
And <laughs> and we had our full setup in the Forerunner at this time. And so we had like a mattress, a bed, all of our clothes, all of our gear. Now this paddleboard's all blown up and he lost his keys. Like and when and I we ke- got there on time too. Like we were going to go out and shoot kind of like the nice golden light on the water. And I think after that, it took us, what, two hours? And it was bad because we got there for sunrise and we were like, you know what? Let's make some coffee. We'll walk on the boardwalk. And I know. <laughs> go for a little go for a little cruise. We'll come back and keep going. So we were gone probably for an hour, walking around, taking some pictures on the rocks, the beautiful blue water we were starstruck by. And by then, we probably already walked, what, a half mile, maybe three quarters of a mile, all the way out on the boardwalk and back. And then right before we're ready to go out, we pack up the waterproof bag. We have the paddleboard all we're blown up. We're literally ready to go. Everything is in the car, closed up. And I'm like, gee, where's the keys? And she's like, I don't have the keys. And she's like, uh, and then we- I s- never have the keys for reference. <laughs> Steven always has the keys, but he always thinks I have the keys. So, so I pulled out our bed. I pulled out our wood framing inside. I pulled out every drawer, started unpacking the food bins, the clothing bins, I thought they were gone. Really I walked, everything. We walked the entire boardwalk two times. We went and found the security guards there, asked the security guards if maybe someone turned them in and if I dropped them in the sand. I was going crazy. So it took us about an hour and a half, and finally we found them inside like a pan. So I think like, it was like your underwear drawer. No, it wasn't. It was inside a pan, like a random huh. pan inside our cooking utensils. No idea how it got there. It was like under plates and stuff that we, we were making coffee use. so it's probably from that but. yeah but anyway finally we get out there and we start paddling absolutely insane day beautiful blue water like we paddled from sand harbor all the way down to secret cove which was probably a couple miles yeah it was definitely a, at least two or three miles out and back and we stopped multiple times so we stopped at four different locations one of them is called bonsai rock bonsai rock that was probably the most notable area one of our favorites so we were taking pictures up on the rock outside of the rock and as you know us we have to set up our tripod put the camera on it then i had to paddle over to g we both had to get on it and then we would take pictures and then i would tear down it's a process yeah so it was quite the process and we did that at three or four different locations along the south lake tahoe area super super fun time and this is where it gets good. So after we're like, okay, we're tired. Let's just paddle all the way back. So we paddle all the way back to the car. We uh, deflate the paddle board. It's, what do you think, 2 or 3 p.m. now? It was like a, a little bit before sunset, I think. Yeah. So it, probably 3 or 4. We were getting ready to go shoot sunset. We'd been out there all day. And we start deflating the paddle board. We're like, okay, putting it away. We start putting everything away and then I take all of the stuff out of my dry bag and I put it inside my camera bag and I put my camera in there put my 2470 my 100 400 and I'm like huh there's a little gap there there's nothing here and I was like hey is my lens up there G and she says no it's not there and I checked the towel again I checked everywhere in the car and our brand new, oh, it wasn't brand new, I bought it used, but our brand new 16 to 35 millimeter 2.8 was gone. Luckily, thank God he had bought it used because that would have been a yeah, very it, expensive. It's like a $2,300 lens, but I bought it from a Nat Geo photographer for about $600 off Facebook Marketplace. So shout out to that guy for giving us such a good deal. But 
I, it was a tragedy. I was heartbroken because well, that was my favorite like, lens. But you didn't. It didn't really hit you. You were like, oh, maybe we'll find it. Like maybe it's more in the car. And then we went to go shoot sunset over at Cave Rock. Do you remember? Well, we we drove a couple different spots looking for it because and that then, was after sunset though. Was that after? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we we started driving. I was like, okay, it's gone. We'll try and find it. Maybe I left it over at the rock because, like I said, we were switching lenses. If you've ever been. If, if you do any type of photography, you know sometimes you want a super wide focal length. Sometimes you want that 24 to 7 fo- 70 to focal length. And that's what we were shooting a lot of, our 24 to 70. But most of the time, we keep our 16 to 35 on there. So at some point, I took it off. I wrapped it up in my t-shirt or my towel. And I put that back inside of the, um, back inside of our dry bag. So we continue going on. We drive over, shoot sunset, and as soon as we finish sunset, I'm like, okay, we need to go find this. So we went we, back to we, we went back to San Harbor, and then we asked the front gate if anyone had found it or if anyone turned it in. They said no. So we're like, well, we should just go manually look for it then. And so we drove over to Bonsai Rock because that's the only spot we could think of where he could have left it. Uh, because we did go out to like three other coves, as Stephen was saying, but. The only time we really switched lenses was over at Bonsai. So we went back over there. <laughs> it's after sunset, so it's really dark. So we're, we got the 100 or 400 camera, and we're trying to scope out around the rock to see if there were any lenses just sitting out there, and there weren't. So we think somebody probably picked it up. Lucky them. But. And, even, <laughs> and with that, my red uh, Patagonia jacket. That oh, I forgot we had it was that one, in too. every single photo. That was what I wrapped it up in. I think so, that was the icing on the cake for you. <laughs> yeah, so I like I said, when when our dry bag does not have any compartments, it's just a straight drop bag, and it has a roll top, and it has water sealed, um, a water sealed outing. So I can put a bunch of different gear in there, drones, cameras, lenses. But when I do that, I don't want them all clinking around. So I'll usually wrap it in like a small towel or some pants or a shirt. And for the 15 to th- 16 to 35, like I said, it's one of my favorite lenses. So I always put it inside my favorite red jacket because usually I'm going to switch to the 16 to 35 and I'm going to put on the red jacket when we're taking photos. So I lost both my favorite jacket and my favorite lens on our first day there at Lake Tahoe. It was. He had a little breakdown. Dude, I was losing my mind. I'd never lost anything that expensive in my whole life. And that is the day we got camera insurance after. <laughs> Never again will our gear be unprotected. But. I mean, in the long scheme of things, it's only $600. I mean, I But he was lot. upset. He was very upset. I was losing my mind. That was probably the most upset I've been in the past decade. I was just so... Fr- I felt... Well, obviously, I felt like I let Giselle down because we invested money in that from the business. And I was like, my business partner, I just destroyed our relationship. And then... On top like of that, <laughs> it's one of my favorite lenses ever. So I could that we used that for ninety percent of our photography at that point. So it was just a big, big letdown for us. But guess what? We got the new fancy lens after, so it was okay. But uh, definitely was a not a good way to start the trip. The second day or the next two days that were pretty were pretty fun. But there was also one last mishap. I feel like with the rad bikes. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, okay, so for those of you guys that don't know, we've worked with a few bike companies, but the first bike company that we worked with was Rad, and we have these huge fat tire bikes. They're like very heavy, very big, and we had bought a used, uh, what's it called? A used bike rack for the back of our car, 
that could accommodate these really fat tire bikes. And since it was used, it was a, it wasn't in the best condition, but it was what we had at the time. And so we bungee cord the the bike tires just like it is an extra precaution because we just wanted to make sure that everything would stay. And we had done this for quite a few trips prior to Lake Tahoe and it worked fine and we had no issues whatsoever. But was this the last day that this happened? This was the last day. We woke up, we finished riding our bikes around this beautiful area. We were cruising back over to do one last shoot. And as we're driving, all of a sudden we hear a boom. No, we're we're looking at, I, I clearly remember I was looking, I was in the passenger seat and I was looking in the mirror, in the side mirror. And I, I saw one of the bikes kind of moving on the back. And I was like, Stephen, the bike's moving. And we are on this road. If you guys are familiar with Lake Tahoe, there are like no pullouts. You're just, you're just cruising. It's one lane each way and hardly any pullouts. So we're like, oh my God, it's shaking, it's shaking. And it's it's rolling on, on the back and we couldn't pull out and we couldn't stop. So we're like, what's gonna happen? And so we hear the giant boom and we're like, and it's this terrible like nails on a chalkboard noise coming out from the back of our car and I just remember all of us are like pull over pull over and there is no spot to pull over so we found what it must have been like 30 seconds of driving with it on the the bike had fallen off one of the tires was still locked in so it was dragging on the on the ground behind us and this is like a very nice $1,400 e-bike and so we were like no <laughs> I mean it, it actually it still it still works now by the way yeah good but quality that, bike but... <laughs> the handlebar was all destroyed it messed up one of the tires it broke the brake and it was like our brand new bike so we I was pretty devastated and we pulled off and apparently what happened wasn't even that the the bike rack failed it was the bungee cords that we had because the fat tire bikes were so big that some it was hard for us to get the straps that are supposed to go over the regular bike tires if you've ever used one of those like where the tires sit on the rack rather than when it rests on the frame so the bungee cord broke and from there we didn't have any extra bungee cords and here we are eight and a half hours up north and we were like how are we gonna get this home so we had to switch around some different bungee cords i wrapped around like the locks around it so it couldn't come undone we had to take the paddleboard off the roof that's what we did we took the bungees from the paddleboard and then re-put it on the back yeah it was just there was was, a process there was so much happening lake tahoe one of our all-time favorite trips but there was just so much that went wrong with it i feel like if you guys travel, if you guys do a lot of adventure, road trips or anything, you know your gear goes through a lot of wear and tear. But when you misplace gear or lose gear... Expensive I, gear. Yeah, it's just... It's part of it. It's going to happen. If it hasn't happened to you, it's going to happen someday. But it is very, very hard when it does happen on those random little trips. Um, all right, and our last one we're going to talk about. We only have time for three. We have so many stories, I feel like, that things have gone wrong on. But the last one is going to take us to Kauai, actually, on one of our first trips out there together. Specifically the Nepali coast. Uh, we were out there for about four days working with one of the hotels out there. And this was just kind of a fun trip for us. We didn't have much planned in terms of just shooting content outside of whatever we wanted to shoot. So that was really fun. And we did a lot of hikes. We were out on the water, did a boat tour. And on our, I think it was our, was it our last? It was our last full day. 
So we had gotten permits for the Kololau Trail, which are very hard to get, especially if you want to do the whole thing. Very, very hard to get. But we got the permits to do the first two miles of it. And then if we wanted to do the waterfall, we could. But we had scheduled a helicopter ride, which was like a bucket list activity for us that we wanted to do later that day. So we start hiking. We we pull in, or actually backtrack. We we pull up. We had a a park and shuttle pass in order to get in there because that was the only permit that was left. And so we parked our rental car, took the shuttle over. It was probably what like a twenty minute, thirty minute. Yeah, I would shuttle say it's ride a thirty minute drive over there. And you have to get there at the specific time, and you have to come back at a specific time. Right, and this was also during the pandemic, so it could be different now, but. So we had the shuttle, we shuttled over there, started hiking, we got to the beach that we were going to, made some breakfast, like it was a beautiful, beautiful day. And we started heading back out after we took some photos because we knew we had to get back because the Nepali coast was on the opposite side of the island of Kauai where our helicopter tour was going to be. So we still had, it's going to take what, like an hour to get to the spot where our helicopter tour was going to be. So we start heading out. We're like making great time. We are hauling down through this forest. And basically we get to the the, the trailhead where we had dr- gotten dropped off with the shuttle. And we tell our shuttle driver, hey, like we were here. We checked in, put our name on a list. And the guy comes up to us and says, uh, I think it's going to be a while. Well, at first he came up and he was like, yeah, they should be here in like five, ten minutes. And then... The other family that was next to us was sitting there and was like, yeah, we've been here for like 10 minutes and these are supposed to come every 15 minutes. So at the right on the hour, 15, 30, 45, and then right on the hour again, just going back and forth. So we were waiting and waiting. And then finally we were like, yo, what is taking so long? So I walk over and ask the guy and he says that there was a power line that had fallen down in the middle of the street. And there's only one way to get to this hike. Like, yeah. there's only one road, and the power lines fell on that one road. So, the if you've ever been to Kauai, the whole thing is like that. You can only go, like, 30 miles an hour most of the island. It's a one-way street, and the or a two-way street. It's very, not very accommodating small. for a large amount of people. Yeah, the some of the locals told us that the island road system was built for around 30 to 50,000 people and there are over a hundred thousand people with tourists also coming so it's just not ready to take in that many people on the road hopefully it gets fixed eventually but for us that meant that we had to find another way to get over there so we were like okay we'll figure it out so we tried to hop on another jeep we were just walking we hitchhiked no no this is our first time hitchhiking we were so proud of ourselves um this couple was in this jeep and so we held out our thumbs and we're like hey like the shuttle's not working and they're like okay hop in and we're like sick they were out doing some three-week trip or something around Kauai. this couple i feel like we could talk about they were they, they're like who we want to be as adventurous as when we're that age. They if were, we have that kind of money. <laughs> they were in their 40s or 50s, and they were like, yeah, we were hiking up some rant. There wasn't even a trail. They were like, yeah, we were just hiking in the forest. We went like an hour and a half, two hours in. We found this crazy waterfall. No one was there, not even a trail. And we're like, wait, what? And these people did not look like they were that style of hikers Adventurous. exactly yeah. they just look like normal 40 and 50 year old couple out in hawaii that would go and tan on the beach and have drinks all day they, they didn't look like this type of couple so we hopped in the car with them and this if you've ever sat in the back of a jeep 
It was tiny. It was tiny. Think yep. of both of us with all of our gear. And our muddy, muddy shoes. Yeah, we were just cramped in the but back of this. But we were very appreciative. And our our enthusiasm went through the roof. We were like, okay. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We'll find a way to get around. This is perfect. So we're driving for what? Maybe five, five minutes. minutes. And then all of a sudden we hit a traffic jam. We're like, uh-oh. What's going on? And we saw cops. We saw caution tape. They had closed the road, like the full road. So even though the shuttle couldn't get in, we couldn't get out either, even though we had found a vehicle. Apparently there were sparks flying. Like it We didn't, didn't see it, but yeah. we saw the, the area. And so we were like, oh my gosh, what do we do? So we get out of the Jeep. We thank the couple for bringing us like five minutes down. And we just start walking. Like, we had to cut across over to this beach because we couldn't walk around the road there, according to the police. So It was so lame. There we was, like, to... nothing going on. <laughs> and we were like, can we walk around the side? And they're like, no, we so, got to shut down the whole... We're like, what? So like, what was the beach called? Do you remember? Was it Tunnels Beach? We went down to Tunnels Beach, which is a very popular beach, and started walking down in our, like, full hiking setup, just trying to get back to our car. And... We must have been walking for like 30 minutes. We're, we had already hiked four miles that day. And so we were, we were, you know, a little tired. We're It's hot. It's humid. We're walking down. We finally get to a point where we can cross over back to the street. And we're trying to hitchhike again. And nobody would come this time. Nobody oh, would man. let us we in. We could have had like, what, 30 or 40 cars pass us. And yeah. I, we Everyone like, kind of just stared at us and would not <laughs> would not give us the time of day. We were like, damn, okay. You could definitely tell everyone was a tourist, though. Everyone did was not... From there, they were all just like staring. So they would they would do the slow down, the break. They'd look at you, and, and be then like, keep "Okay, driving. keep going." <laughs> it's <laughs> like, guys, damn come on. savages. Yeah, I was like, you know, if I feel like we looked pretty clean and respectable, I, I don't know, but we kept walking, and then finally we see a shuttle coming, and there this wasn't an official shuttle stop, but we're like waving, we're like, "Let us on." I mean, they had to have known what was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So we hop back on. We run across the street. Thank God those guys stopped for us. We were, they they were like, yeah, nobody's hopped on in the past like couple hours. We're like, hmm, I wonder why. And, and so they we said them, that that road was going to be closed for at least the next half day for like four to five hours. And for we didn't want to get stuck. Because so. there was no way that they could get the electrician out there to fix it. Because remember, this is a one way of world. And there was a ton of construction like mm-hmm. on the rest of the road out there. But yeah, so... We, we get in the shuttle and he brings us back to the car and everyone at the parking lot, like all the parking lot workers were like, yeah, you guys are the first people to come back because everyone else was trapped over there. It was just crazy to see because we got like the first shuttle out there. And even then we were mobbing trying to get to the shuttle because we didn't think we were going to make it. We get even get into the shuttle then there was construction. There was so much going on. And like Giselle said earlier, we are on the north side of the aisle or the north north. We East. were in the we, our hotel was in the middle, but the helicopter was up near the other side. Yeah, it was completely goes. opposite side, and these helicopter tickets were not cheap. They were not cheap. Oh, yeah. So um, we had to find a way to get all the way over there, and it wasn't like we could call and reschedule the next day. We were, we were leaving. leaving, so we were freaking out. We were like, "There's no way we're gonna miss our helicopter tour." Like, we have to find a way to get there. So all this was running through our head. On top of, we had to shoot content for the hotel. So. We planned on getting back and shooting for like I an hour and a half, two hours at the hotel, grabbing cocktails by the pool, refreshing up, grabbing our stuff, and then going to the helicopter tours. We were freaking out. We like, had an hour to, I think we got back to the hotel. 
we had an hour to get changed and go to the helicopter place, which was, I think, still like 15, 20 minutes away from the hotel. I was like mad stressed because we had to get all these deliverables in like 30 minutes. And yeah, I was, I was a little stressed ball. I clearly remember me being like, oh my God, I don't want to shoot all this content. Like, can we just do it tomorrow? It, it, it goes back to one of our other episodes. We've talked about like the beauty of going to a destination, working with a hotel or working with a tourism board, but also the cost of you have to plan on being there at a certain time. You have to plan on shooting the sunrise and sunset at the hotel rather than out on the hike or one of the other destinations that you want to go. So glorious price to pay. Yes. But uh, yeah, anyway, so we, we started shooting. We got a ton of stuff in 20 minutes. Like we were like, go, 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 go. Outfit change, go. Scenery change, go. Like It was so funny because all the workers had seen us the previous few days. Oh my gosh. Shooting sunrise and Giselle was mortified. I get like, so embarrassed shooting in public and I've been doing this for two years. But when people are just all staring at you taking photos, now I'm, I feel like now I'm a little better about it. But especially in Hawaii, like this particular resort, everyone can see you taking photos. So like... Okay, but we were in the jacuzzi and then people were like, oh, what are you guys doing? We we're like, oh, we're shooting for the hotel. And then they were all like, oh my God, that's so cool. So I felt a little better about that, but. Yeah, but that was definitely the most, that was our first time hitchhiking. It's our first uh, like singular hotel collab too, I think. Remember? Because all the yes. other ones we had done prior to that, it was all tourism board. So this was the first time we just had a hotel to shoot. So we wanted to make sure that it was a good, good content. Yeah. There was just so much going on on that trip. It was, we made it. Yeah, it was, we did make it. We find, we got to do our helicopter tour, even though on the helicopter tour, it was raining 90% of the time. Although no, we got some good shots though. And it was, I highly recommend if you can ever do a Nepali coast helicopter tour. That was one of my favorite things we've done. I think as an adventure couple. Yeah, it was, it was very funny because anytime we stuck the lens out, it would get rain on it. But when you're inside the helicopter, It'd be fine because all pleasant. the rain goes directly by you because you're going so quick. So it's we not... saw some, some rainbows because of the rain. Yeah, it was a really cool experience. Definitely would do it again. And if you guys do want to see more of our Kauai adventure, you can go check out our YouTube video. We put all of our information on there. It was a phenomenal trip besides that little bit of stress. Yeah, that was my first time hitchhiking. I felt like a true adventurer at that point. <laughs> hitchhiking to get out of the car walk on the beach for a mile to jump back over and try and hitchhike again <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's better to be hitchhiking on hawaii than you know the middle of nowhere so you're not wrong i would rather do it in Kauai than in like i don't know death valley during the middle of summer oh my gosh, that'd be terrible <laughs> yeah i mean and then of course that kind of rounds out like the, the main mishaps that we've encountered in the past couple of years. But we've also always had things like flat tires and... Shout out to Anza Borrego. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we were stuck in the middle of nowhere for that one. But at least we were prepared. We had all of our, our tire equipment with us. And... It is important what, that on, on that note to check to make sure that all of your things to change your spare tire, including your jack, your nuts, your spare tire has uh, air enough air in it. All of that is super, super important. I remember we got there. I was like, you know what? I got my spare tire. We're good to go. It's inflated. Pull out my spare tire. It's inflated. Pull out the jack. And then our jack has a little circle on the side where you insert the nut in order to crank it and put it, it up. It was the wrong size or something. <laughs> yeah. The, the nut that we were putting in there was too big. So we were like, what? What are we supposed to do? So we finally found this one guy that had a hammer and we just 
bang the crap out of this little nut until it finally had the same shape and size to fit inside of there. And then we finally changed it. And that was on the way to a trip at like midnight Wait, at a random gas station. And it was a crazy moment. Yeah, that's happened. We've had a lot of dead batteries. For whatever reason. <laughs> so always reason. have a... Uh, spare jumper cables we have the battery powered jumper cables those are the move because if you're stranded in the middle of nowhere with no one else around who's gonna jump you so that's always that's always a good one to have bug bites lots of bug bites i'm a mosquito magnet uh guatemala we just got back from guatemala i must i still have remnants of bites on me from three weeks ago it's just stupid i heard my dad was telling me actually that if you're an o negative blood then you're more prone to mosquito bites I'm than if you're not. Though. Maybe it was all positive. I don't know. I feel like I get a lot of mosquito bites, but Giselle definitely gets about five I times more them. than me. All of our friends are like, yeah, anytime that I think I have a lot of mosquito bites and then you go with a trip with Giselle and you're like, oh, now I don't. Yeah, they love me. That's just like a reality for me. Anytime I go backpacking, I have to be so prepared on the bug front. Mosquito net in hand, lots of, I have to wear legit pants. I always like hiking in leggings, but for backpacking trips, I typically double up because that way they can't get through my pants. Uh, so yeah, that's that's always a fun reality. But the beauty beauty thing of whenever you travel and road trip, like all these are obviously funny little moments, but out of all of the dozens and hundreds of trips that we've gone on, 90% of the time, it's totally fine. Or if something does go wrong, you just kind of anticipate it. Because whenever you're traveling, you're not at home, you're out of, out of your comfort zone, you have to rely on weather, rely on transportation, rely on other things so many other variables exactly there's bound to be something that goes wrong if you guys had listened to our previous iceland episode you guys heard all the crazy debacle as far as our flights and the missing missing luggage luggage and the crazy all-night driving and almost hitting sheep that are attacking us it was crazy that whole trip attacking us because they weren't attacking i felt like they they were were, attacking us like mario kart i felt personally attacked whatever if you guys missed that episode you can go and check out our full iceland youtube video or you can go and check out our iceland podcast as well and i think that is about it for our little backpacking mishap travel mishap and one road trip mishap but yeah if you guys have any similar experiences we'd love to hear them if you guys want to leave them uh in the in the comments or dm us them we always love hearing about them And thank you again for listening to another episode of Unfiltered Adventures. We are having so much fun. We are a little more than halfway through our season one of this podcast. So if you guys would love to leave us a review, we saw a ton of you guys start leaving us some reviews on Spotify or if you're listening to us on Apple Music or anywhere else. Apple Podcasts, babe. What did I say? Apple Music. It's a podcast. You're not you're not wrong. She got me there. If you guys are listening to us on any platform, please feel free to give us a five-star review. If and you let, enjoy. If you don't <laughs> give us a five-star review, you know what? You, you don't have to leave us a review. That that's okay. <laughs> and don't forget to go ahead and share this with one other person. If there's any way you can help support us, it's sending us to another friend or family member or someone you think that would get a little laugh or find some value in our podcast. Sharing it on an Instagram story is what we've seen a ton of you guys do and that means the world to us to be able to hear your feedback and any other things that you would love to hear from us on our podcast. 
And with that, we will see you guys next week with another episode.